Plain Spoken, Episode 7. Welcome back to Plain Spoken, the podcast where we talk about how to live more quietly and with a greater emphasis on what truly matters. My name is Dean Abbott. I'm the host of this show. I am not today in my normal recording location, so if you notice some variation in the sound, that's because I'm in a different room. Actually, I'm in the, my garage because our one of our automobiles has to be repaired today. So it's out of the garage, and I'm in the garage because I'm unable to drive to the place where I normally record. If you have never heard the show before, you can connect with me further if you'd like to, and the best way to do that is by following me on Twitter, which you can do at worldwideweb.twitter.com backslash Dean Abbott. You can also email me directly at dean at deanabbott.com. I'd also appreciate your considering supporting me via Patreon. You can pledge your support for as little as $1 a month and get rewards, including early access to this podcast. Just go to patreon.com and search for Dean Abbott. Last episode, uh, I was a little bit unusual as well because I spoke about the new film Joker, and I got quite a bit of positive response to that. Lots of people interested in that film and in the things I had to say about it. If you haven't heard that episode, I recommend that you go back in the archives and take a listen. A couple of episodes ago, I used the word vanity to describe something, some aspect of life. I I don't remember exactly what I was talking about when I used that word, but I thought exploring that idea today would make a good podcast topic because really the concept of vanity has come to occupy both a larger and larger place in my thought and a smaller and smaller place in our general cultural understandings. So most of the time, I don't think people think about vanity at all anymore. I don't think people really have much of a concept of what the word means. So I'd like to explore it a little bit. Let me start by talking about what I don't mean. Often when we hear the word vain or vanity in modern contexts, we think of somebody who's extremely concerned about his looks. Somebody who spends hours in front of the mirror, who is picky about his clothes and his hair and so on. Somehow, I have stuck in my head an image from an old cartoon I once saw of a cartoon bear leaning into a bathroom mirror to make sure every strand of his fur is right. Somehow, that image has come to capture this particular use of the word vain to me. But that's not exactly what I mean by the word. When I use the word, I mean something more. I intend the word vanity to really harken back to its older meaning, which is something more like the meaning of the word futile. Sometimes you hear this word still used this way, most commonly in the phrase, oh, did he die in vain? There the word means, did he die for nothing? Another way of thinking about the meaning of the word vanity that I often employ is thinking uh, about the word fruitless. 
So if something is vain, it means it yields no lasting fruit. It's uh, purposeless. That's closer to what I mean by vanity. So when I use the term, I mean to indicate all those human behaviors which ultimately come to nothing, which is to say, most human behaviors. This meaning isn't totally divorced from the more modern meaning of the word. One reason why undue concern about your appearance is vain is that you are going to pass away. Eventually, at some point in the future, your clothes will rot. Your body itself will return to dust, and your effort at maintaining your appearance will have evaporated into nothing. That doesn't mean no one should care about his appearance, but only that such things have to be kept in the proper perspective. So, given that I'm defining the word this way, let's explore the idea a little bit. When you begin to look at how many human activities are ultimately vain in the sense that they produce no lasting good and have no lasting positive effects, you'll see that many, many things we often think are important actually fall into the category of vanity. Here are a few. Number one, pleasure-seeking. Whatever we do merely for the sake of pleasure is often vain. This is especially true when we seek pleasure to an, ex- to an excessive degree or in order to escape some difficult task, whether that's confronting some aspect of our inner life that we're trying to avoid or whether we are putting off some useful but demanding chore. Hedonistic choices are by nature vain because they do not produce value that endures once the experience is over. A few podcasts ago, I talked about how I went through a phase in the 90s of playing Zombies Ate My Neighbors every night. It's a video game. Well, that was a vain activity because it was ultimately pointless. Nothing about it created any lasting good once I turned the game off. Here's another thing that's vain. Fighting on the internet. From time to time, I dip in and I check on what's happening on sort of religious Twitter, especially evangelical and semi-evangelical Christian Twitter. I don't participate, but I just dip in to see what's being talked about. And two weeks ago, there was a big debate about David and Bathsheba, And this week, the debate is something entirely different. And everyone has forgotten what the controversy was last week. This is vain. Because really, the issue is not to do, the point is not to do any profound study, not to do, not to make points and to uh, make arguments that last and that actually add to other people's quality of life. But the point is to get a kind of quick rush of good feeling by being the person who writes the best zinger against the other side. And this is vain, of course, because it 
it's it doesn't add any lasting value to anyone, especially because Twitter, the way most people use it, is a medium designed to encourage that kind of vanity. It's a constant stream of flowing verbiage, which some most of which is designed to just evaporate as soon as you've read it. And even though what I'm describing is something that's happened in this small corner of the internet, that pattern is replicated uh, across our broader cultural discussion. Even if it's not on Twitter, if you watch CNN, whatever they're talking about this week is the most important thing in the history of humankind will be displaced next week by the, whatever is then the most important thing in the history of humankind. And all of that cultivates a mindset focused on novelty and on pointless arguing and pointless discord, all of which is vain. Number three, trying to cult an image, to, trying to cultivate an image is vain. Worrying about what other people think of you is vain because, number one, you can't control it. And number two, it really doesn't matter. If your life is devoted to behaving in ways you think will raise your esteem in the eyes of others, if your life is devoted to impressing other people, you're living in vain. All that you've done to try to impress others will pass away. The others you are trying to impress will pass away, and you will pass away. In the long run, your efforts to impress people and to have them think highly of you will be forgotten. Number four, most human labor is actually in vain. In another recent episode of this podcast, I ask what what the reward was of being the best-paid designer and manufacturer of cheap plastic toys. This is what I mean by vain labor. All the cheap plastic toys this hypothetical person built and designed in his career are going to end up in the landfill and will be forgotten. What adult have you ever met who attaches profound memories to a cheap plastic toy he got, I don't know, uh, in a Happy Meal at McDonald's when he was four or five years old. And now it is possible that you could know someone, but the vast, vast majority of people and the vast, vast majority of those toys are going into the landfill. And that's a clear and obvious example of a principle that's true for most people's work. I suppose unless you are, if you're a doctor, right, your, your work is not in vain. But if your job is calculating spreadsheets for a company that makes any kind of consumer product that is not only unnecessary, but ultimately the kind of consumer product that people buy that simply clutters up their minds and spaces and their hearts, I don't see how your work could be anything but vain because in the long run, 
you're devoting yourself to things that are simply going to be forgotten. And people know this at some level. That's one of the reasons why there's so much dissatisfaction with work in our culture, because people know that most of the time, most jobs simply are not devoted to creating long-lasting, positive fruit that will benefit generations of people to come. Number five, on an interpersonal level, our attempts to get others to conform to our agendas are vain. Most of us go through life with a focus on getting what we think we want. As such, we are often obsessed with the question of how to get others to conform to the plans that we've made, how to get them to comply with whatever machinations we think will get us what we want. Well, in the end, this behavior is also vain because it destroys relationships. People who relate in this way ultimately are people that others cease to trust. And so by behaving in ways that undermine the possibility of trust, we undermine the possibility of real, lasting, profound relationships which do have lasting value, which do bear fruit, which are not vain. And we undermine those for the sake of some material or passing desire, which does not. And so whenever we prioritize what has only temporary value over what has lasting value, we have wandered into the area of the vein. So those are just a few things in a very long list which might be vain, which I would say probably are vain. My point here is not, of course, to provide an exhaustive account of every vain thing, but to encourage you to begin thinking about what you do and what you observe others doing in terms of whether they are creating lasting value or whether those activities are mere vanity. So let me throw out a few things that are, are not vain. Number one, cultivating your awareness is not vain. The more you train yourself to be open to receiving the reality of both your inner and outer worlds, the more you will be laboring in a fertile field. By cultivating awareness, you slowly begin freeing yourself from the vanity of your own agendas As you begin to live more and more in gratitude for what is, the more you can sink into each present moment and appreciate the gift of it without needing to escape it or to control it, the less you'll be living in vain. Now, that may sound a bit odd to say that the way to begin living a life that yields lasting fruit is by thinking more about the present moment. But that is not, certainly not vain, it's a paradox. Because as you become more firmly ensconced in the present moment, you begin to be able to connect with how that moment reflects what is eternal. And connecting with what is eternal in, in an individual moment 
shapes your vision of the world in such a way that you begin to be able to look at every situation you encounter through a set of eyes that reveals, that helps you to see and helps reveal what is vain and what is eternal in each of those moments. So, to begin living less vainly, to begin living in less vanity with greater long-term purpose and a greater commitment to yielding lasting fruit, you have to sink into the moment. Number two, it's not vain to cultivate your character. The more you work to live in concert with your values, the more you work to be a person you are proud of, the less you will need to cultivate an image in others' minds because the reality of what you are will show through. Instead of focusing on trying to get other people to believe you are something, when you focus on focus rather on actually becoming that right thing, you're no longer laboring in vain. Number three, cultivating relationships is not vain. The other night I sat down to play a couple of hands of go fish with my oldest daughter. This exact activity was exactly the opposite of my playing video games alone when I was in my 20s. By having fun together in that way, my daughter and I were deepening our connection, and that connection is going to shape her in a positive way and will continue to shape my grandchildren and on down the line for generations. So playing Go Fish was not time spent in vain. Number four, it's not vain to cultivate work that leaves a legacy. What are you building in your life that will outlast you? Your answer to that will tell you a lot about whether you are living and working in vain. Are you building something, whether it's a monument or a family or whatever it is, that will continue to provide value in years to come? Are you working merely for immediate rewards that dissipate quickly? If so, probably need to do some reflecting on how you're going to change that. Putting as much effort into projects that will remain useful long after you are gone is a good way to ensure that you are not working in vain. And by work here, I don't want to suggest merely labor or certainly not merely paid labor. Rather, I mean anything that you are undertaking to build. And so your character, your family, all of those things are work done to leave a legacy, a legacy of service and value that will extend beyond your short lifetime. Now, when I talk about this, I can hear people's objections already. When people hear me talk about vanity and how much human effort is spent in vain pursuits, they tell me I'm being depressing. If everything is vain, then why should they do anything they want to know? Well, right there, to even ask that question reveals a pattern of thought that is 
unhelpful to say the least. People who are motivated by their desire to connect with what's transcendent and eternal, with by their desire to serve, and their desire to offer their gifts to uh, a suffering world, under no circumstances do they ever say, why should I do anything? Okay, So that's the first thing. The other point is that I didn't say everything was vain, only that I said most things are vain. Thinking the way I've just described in terms of vanity and fruitfulness is not depressing because it highlights what matters. When you build your life around what matters, what is not vain, what creates a lasting legacy, this is a central part of quieting your life. Much, peop- much of the anxiety people experience comes from needing to live a life that they know is not in vain, but following habits and patterns, most of them provided by the culture around them, that are vain, that lead toward vain activity. Okay? And so this is not a way of being depressing because it, what I'm trying to do is encourage you to begin differentiating clearly between what matters and what doesn't. At that point, you are more free to begin investing your efforts into what actually does matter and what isn't vain. And doing that is the opposite of a depressing life. It's a life where you know you and your activities have meaning. Second, I think it's easy for people to confuse a view of life which regards most human effort as vain as simply being cynical. Well, that's also inaccurate. The truth is that cynicism regards everything as meaningless. It denies meaning where meaning is in fact present. What I'm suggesting is a worldview that orients you toward what is meaningful by distinguishing what is meaningful and deserving of effort from what is not. So cynicism hardens the heart. But seeing clearly what is vain and what is not allows you to open your heart to whatever quickens it, whatever fills it, and to avoid entanglements in patterns of living that deaden the soul. And those patterns of living that deaden the soul are so prevalent. And people fall into them and continue in them because they do not have vision that differentiates for them what is vain and what is not. I think the whole point of this short podcast is to encourage you then to break that pattern, to break a pattern of living without even thinking about whether what you're doing is vain or profitable. And practicing a pattern of seeing what is vain and what is not in giving your energy as much as possible to what is not vain is key to the quieter life. 
Thanks again for listening. Please check me out on Twitter or drop me a line at dean at deanabbott.com. I'll be with you again soon on the next episode of Plain Spoken. Until then, I hope this helps.